0: Me, 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 get, me, me, get, me. Get What's up everybody? Welcome uh, back to episode eight of the Kill Your Internet podcast. Uh, With you tonight is just your boy. It's me, Colin. Uh due to lockdown, we are Kind of all spread around in different places. Uh, so I'm by myself tonight. Luckily enough, we do have Mr. Trey Sasser Skyping in for an interview at the end of this episode. Stick around. That is an unbelievable interview with uh, Trace. Trace is one of our producers from Nashville, Tennessee. Just a great friend of ours and someone who's been around for most of the journey here. Uh, Obviously we're going to touch on coronavirus and everything going on with that. Um you know, we're all doing well, we're all healthy. Uh we're all with our families, uh still getting a ton of work done. Uh we have a video coming out this week for that's how it goes. Uh we have a ton of new music that I think we're going to drop just because, you know, everybody's locked down, why not? Give people what they need. Um I hope everybody's doing well out there. Obviously, be with your families, take care of yourselves, be healthy. Do your best not to spread this around. Stay home. Fucking don't be an idiot. Don't be like those kids in Florida who went to the beach for spring break and got a bunch of people sick. Um, Obviously, this is the number one thing going on. But more than anything, you know, I've seen a lot of really amazing things from artists all around the world. Uh, A lot of Philly artists, too, doing these great live streams. Loka Connies live live has been unbelievable. Francis Quinlan. uh, There's been a lot of people who've done some amazing stuff. We went live last night and actually created a song on live. Uh, We had a lot of guests come through. We made a song called Standing in the Rain. Uh, We had me and Will started out, then Houseplant, an awesome band out of Philadelphia came in. Brianna Judge, who's a frequent collaborator, she's actually on the new record playing guitar on a song called Never Get Enough of You. Uh, We had Katie uh, from You Do You come in, amazing vocalist. Uh, And then we had uh, Bruce Warren from WXPN, the head of one of the biggest stations in the country, come in and talk some rap. Um, and then we had Dylan Edinger, our photographer. We had a photographer from North Carolina, uh, a girl uh, named Sonia. Goes by simply the tiny dragon on Instagram. Came on, uh, just chopped it up. And then we had uh, Elena, our manager, come on as well. And we, we uh, I was afraid because we were talking about the new music on there that she was going to get pissed, but she didn't. So I'm pretty happy about that. But everybody in Fox world is good. Everybody's healthy, uh, all positive. So, uh, you know, we'll move past that. Uh, Other than that, let's catch up on the previous episodes. Uh, We had Paul come on last week for the first episode of the Hip Hop Group Chat. Paul is our videographer, our buddy, someone who's toured with us over the years. And, uh, you know, we share a love of hip hop, and it's a reoccurring thing that's going to happen. Me, Paul, our friend Tom, and then Bruce Warren, apparently, is going to come on and do some episodes with us as well. We just chop it up about rap. Uh, And then we had Will come on for episode six, and Will was fucking phenomenal, dude. I... um, I've I've been waiting to have Will on the podcast because Will's a very deep individual. Me and Will have really deep, great conversation, and we chopped it up about positives that could possibly possibly come out on the creative side from all this nonsense and uh, our favorite fast food places, are our, our desert island albums, and then uh, to cap it all off, last week we had Eric come on, and whenever me and Eric we're cousins, so shit got goofy. We talked about NFL free agency, uh, we talked about favorite Zeppelin albums and uh, favorite sports movies, and you know, piggybacking off of that. If you were to check up and fact check us, all of our NFL free agency predictions were incorrect. Hold on, I'm going take a sip of my drink. This is a white Russian. Uh, it's the goofiest thing I could possibly be drinking right now, but I wanted fucking dessert, dude. So get out of here. Cheers. All right, back to the uh, podcast. Um, I, on record, said that Tom Brady would in no way, shape, or form be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and I was incorrect. Um, so, you know, My bad. Uh, But the Eagles made some great moves. Love a Darius Slay move. Bringing Will Parks back to Philly was pretty cool. Uh, And then, I mean, there's just been so much change in the NFL. I can't wait for the NFL to come back. I'm so glad they don't give a fuck about public health or safety because I needed NFL free agency to get through this. Um, I've been wearing a Ben Simmons jersey most of the week because I missed the NBA. Flyers were hot. Now, who the fuck knows? And, uh, you know, speaking of wearing things, the most, you know, sad casualty of this entire situation has been the fact that I've been able to get my hair cut I'm wolfing it. We call it, in Philly, we call it wolfing it. You have long hair. And I don't think I've taken my Philly's head off in like a week. So shout out to my barber, Mike. Please, Mike, come back into my life. Um, I'm going to move pretty quickly through the segments because it's just me. Uh, We do have the Trace interview coming up, which I'm so fucking excited about. It was an amazing interview. Uh, but let's go to the wildest shit that we've seen on the internet this week. Uh, number one was definitely Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, as most celebrities were, Arnold was giving a, uh, an update on social media about staying indoors. You know, don't be an asshole. Don't spread the virus. But Arnold did it in the most Arnold way possible. And if I do pass away at some point in my life, I want to come back as Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was in his hot tub in his multi-million dollar mansion, smoking a stogie, drinking some whiskey, and hanging out with his pet donkeys. Yes, I said pet donkeys. He had two donkeys come up. And in the most boss Arnold way possible, just chilling, smoking a bogue, drinking some whiskey, chilling with donkeys. Um, we had uh, the video that shut down the internet last week, which was Gal Gadot, who is the actress from um, Wonder Woman. She does an amazing job as Wonder Woman, but put out this extremely fucking cringy video of her and a bunch of other celebrities singing parts to uh, uh, John Lennon's Imagine. And it just came off so douchey and so pompous. And so privileged, and everybody roasted it, including myself. I just retweeted it with a comment and said, "What the fuck is this?" And I, uh, I was, I was definitely the majority of people who were like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Um, other than that, I got to give a shout out to Dr. Anthony Fauci. He's the leading uh, expert in infectious disease in America. He's been through the fucking ringer this week, and uh, he went on part of my take, shout out to the bar stool, and did a, a great, a great interview with them. Uh, but then he had to stand behind President Trump all week and try not to laugh as President Trump was just going off record and saying a bunch of things about the, the coronavirus. And there's a video out there of him like covering his face and trying not to laugh. So hope you're doing well, Dr. Fauci. And if, if anybody's listening, don't go anywhere else to your facts except for that dude, um, because he knows what he's talking about. Um, let's go into what I've been listening to. Uh, it's been a a lot of escape. I said escape songs and escape albums, trying to you know feel normal, feel like I'm out of this situation. And first thing I went to was Future. Uh, I went to "Use Me" by Future. It's from the Hendrix album. Uh, a little more croony, a little little bit more of the the croony, like drugged outside of Future. But such a great fucking song. Feel the pain in the dude's voice. Um, and then the other night, me and my wife had a, a small gathering on our new porch. Um, just moved into a new, new house after we got married and had a small gathering. It was less than five people. Uh, on our porch, and we were playing a lot of Kings of Leon out of of our Alexa, and uh, I picked Knocked Up. Knocked Up is the first song off there because of the Times album, and as a first song to do a six-minute long kind of like train drum beat, just fucking bold move that was the album that really saw Kings of Leon take off into a different stratosphere, Um, so I'm a huge fucking Kings of Leon fan, Um, and then I went with Mount Joy. Mount Joy is a band that originated in Philadelphia, Uh, a little more folky, um, but they they transplanted to LA and uh they've they've really blown up and they just got off the road with the Lumineers. I picked the song Silver Lining. Uh for being a more acoustic folky song, just feels like it could fill a fucking arena. And I'm sure it did with the Lumineers, but uh great band. Fucking shout out to Mount Joy. Uh moving past that. Oh, real quick, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor today, Two Robbers. Two robbers heart Seltzer, made in Philadelphia. Philadelphia made Philadelphia proud. Uh 5.2% alcohol. Uh dude. Got to be drinking the seltzers. We're all going to be fat after this entire fucking quarantine, so got to get back into it. Got to be drinking seltzers. Got to be drinking Two Robbers. Um, Yeah, buy local. Support your local businesses, man. Two Robbers is that shit. I'm going to go into our question segment. Uh, every week, we put up polls on our Instagram to ask people to ask us questions they want answered on the pod. Uh, first question this week is favorite current rapper. Dude, why don't you rip my fucking heart out? I always say that. Like I said that on the podcast with Paul, but... Alright, let me give this a try. Uh I'd say Jay Cole is probably my favorite current rapper. Artist I listen to the most. Um, always a big fan of solo albums, Platinum with No Features. Um, but after the Dreamville record where he got everybody together, no doubt. Fucking love Cole. Uh obviously a big Drake guy. Drake's the go right now. Drake's the biggest name in hip hop and it's just been a machine for the past ten years. Um, I'm just gonna start naming them off. Chance the rapper, huge fan. Uh Action Bronson's my all- <laughs> fucking that's my boy right there. Um, I guess I'm gonna go thug. Um, I guess older Travis shit. I'm and now I'm gonna start going with like the more like, like lesser known. Uh, baby Keem. If I want to feel like super ignorant, baby Keem, Orange Soda, check that out. Sean Smith is the fucking future. Sean Smith is a rap from Philadelphia. If you don't know Sean Smith, fucking get on the Sean Smith wagon right now. Um, oh my god, there's so many that uh, you know what? I, I'm not gonna keep going because I could keep going forever. Um, but yeah, favorite current rappers right there. Uh, next question comes with, uh, you know, I'm going to do the Paul question. Paul asked, favorite road story with me there and favorite road story without me there? All right, Paul, my favorite road story with you there, I'm not going to say out loud, uh, but I'm going to say a keyword here. Uh, it was North Carolina, I think Charlotte. You'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, and then without you there, hmm i'm gonna go with uh me and jimmy almost fighting louis tomlinson from one direction at the firefly music festival in delaware <sighs> louis we see you, it's on ha- it's it's on site dude with our own hands um i told that story on a different podcast but yeah we almost knuckled up with a kid from one direction um and then i don't know i got a million of them i'm not gonna keep going there uh other than that what was the other questions i seen here um oh here we go um what you know, at what age did you guys start playing music and what was your original influences? All right, I can answer for myself. So, I started playing drums at eight, I started playing guitar at nine, so it's been a big part of my life for most of my life, at least the last like 19 20 years. Um, my early influences in my house, it was a lot of classic rock, so it was a lot of Zeppelin, a lot of ACDC, Aerosmith. Uh, Rolling Stones, Bruce Springsteen's always my biggest influence by far. Uh, my mom only likes bands from New Jersey, so my mom loves Bruce Springsteen. My mom loves Bon Jovi. My mom loves... Uh, I, I'm also... I grew up at my grandmother's house, who's from Italy. Um, so Frank Sinatra, big for me. My grandmother had a lot of like Pavarotti and shit like that, but Sinatra was a big influence. Um, and then I would say... I mean, Kanye, Kanye introduced me to rap, which took me back to a lot of like the soul samples. So I learned about Otis writing through that. Uh, a lot of early blue shit. And then G Love and Special Sauce. Got to give a shout out to G Love. G Love was a blending of all that. And G Love's from Philly. So that's that's the man right there. Um, so that was our question segment. I got one more segment before we get to Trace flying through this early part because Trace's interview is pretty long and I want everybody to stick around for that because it, it, it's an important interview. Um So I'm going to go, we've been doing these desert island kind of coronavirus survival guides. And uh, I'm a big cinephile. I love movies. I love TV. I I mean, I fucking love books, too. I love music. I just love to consume culture and art. But I'm going to go with my favorite seasons of television. So I'll start with comedy. I'm doing comedy and drama. So for comedy, I'm going season two of The Office. Season two of The Office is, you know, what made me fall in love with the show. We got to think about all the great episodes in that season. Uh there was the, the original Dundee's. Uh there was the uh boat trip episode. There was Casino Night ended the season. Um Michael Girls' foot in the injury, White crashed into a pole. Um, season 2, oh the fights in that season 2. But I mean season 3 is great, season 4 is great, season 5 is great, season 6 is great, season 7 is great, season 8 is great. Um, season 9 is great, season 1 is great. The whole series is great. It's my favorite TV show ever uh season two of entourage made it as well entourage is me me and ken fucking bonded over entourage and my dog's name is vincent chase so it's actually my dog's actually named after the main character from entourage but season two show came into its own then he became the biggest movie star in the world aquaman fucking uh mandy moore uh if you know you know if you don't go watch it but i fucking love season three season four season six show's great uh, and then I went with a toss-up for my last pick here. I went between New Girl Season 1. New Girl's the most underrated show of all time. Um, Jake Johnson, Zoe Chanel, Max Greenfield, Lamar Moore, um, fucking Damon Wayans Jr. Jr. on that show. Just a great fucking show. And, uh, you know, Nick Miller is my spirit animal. Um, but I also... I couldn't pick one season of it's always sunny in Philadelphia, so I just picked the whole show. Uh, it's Always Sunny is fucking the goat. They're still going. Uh, and I'm going to go with uh, my drama picks here. I'm going with True Detective Season 1. Uh, I think is the perfect season of television ever. Uh, Nick Pazoludo, who cr- like created the series and wrote it, uh, did a great job with Season 1. And that's the Woody Harrelson, Matthew McConaughey, fucking performance of a lifetime from McConaughey, deep Louisiana witchcraft bullshit. Uh, if you don't know, go figure it out um the sopranos is my favorite show of all time um season two is my favorite season um i mean christ richie april's in that season is my least favorite db character of all time just want to punch that dude in the fucking face uh what happens to christopher in that season is absolutely nuts i don't want to say it for those who haven't watched it yet he gets shot um and then fucking the pussy and and tony like dynamic and the the drama through that it's just it's fucking perfect TV. And then for my last pick for seasons, I picked season five of Breaking Bad. I mean, what can I say? Breaking Bad is, is it's not my favorite TV show of all time, but it's the most perfect full series of all time. Bryan Cranston, Aaron Paul, I mean, Bob Odenkirk as Saul Goodman. Great job, by the way, with Better Call Saul. So, shout out to Breaking Bad. Perfect, best ending for a series ever. Um, honorable mention for uh, the drama series, I went with Sons of Anarchy just because that was me and Maddie, my brother's show. Um... And then I went with, I don't know if shameless is a drama or a comedy, but I, I put it between the two because I've been in a fucking shameless hole for about three months now. And uh Emmy Rossum, fucking fantastic. William H. Macy, fantastic. Just a great show. Um, yeah, so I got I got through the segments. Uh I'm gonna leave you guys. It's about an hour-long interview with Trace. Um, Trace is just an absolutely spectacular human being. It's our boy. Uh, and for any musician wondering how a relationship with the producer goes and kind of thinking about spreading your wings and trying something different, listen to this interview and you're going to learn a lot. Uh, So I'm going to sign off now. Fucking stay safe. Fuck you guys. Love you. How you feeling? You feel all right? All right. So this week, our guest, we're going to have on our man, Mr. Trace Sasser. Uh, Trace is our Nashville homie uh he's one of my favorite people in the entire world he's also our producer uh he did our first record called roots too deep uh trace was basically the first person in the industry to take a chance on me uh take a chance on us so uh i definitely have been looking forward to having him on the show uh trace say what's up buddy colin how you doing man i'm fantastic trace how are you good great Good. All right. So I'm not going to waste any breath here and try and explain who you are with the depth of who you are. So do me a favor. Give me a rundown on what you do, <laughs> where you're from. Let's talk, let's chop this up.
1: Um, I, I live in right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I'm a you know I'm a music, I'm a multi instrument instrumentalist, but I play bass. My main instrument, Uh, you know, I play a little guitar, a little piano. You know how that goes. Um, Sing a little background vocals, whatever, whatever you need to do. Um, I played bass with a guy named Will Hogue. We had two, a couple records on Atlantic Records. we toured for about seven years. We toured with a bunch of cool people: Rod Stewart, John Mellencamp, Wallflowers. Uh, you know, little names,
0: nothing big, no big deal. Just Rod Stewart and the Wallflowers, and, you know, basically the biggest names in Americana. But yeah, continue.
1: <laughs> right, right. Um, and it was pretty cool, man. Like we, you know, we. Um, I was in. Uh, I was in Bass Player magazine, which to me was a huge deal. Like maybe the biggest. You know, to me, because I read that magazine, so like I, I think it's kind of it's kind of wanky to be.
0: To, you are to the really one person who to... read Bass Player magazine. I hope you know that. You should be very proud of
1: yourself. <laughs> I was their one subscriber. <laughs> uh, 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 we were on the when we were on the road with the Wallflowers. The bass player came up and said, "Man, I saw that article." They they did about you and bass player, that's pretty cool. And I said, Thanks, man. And he said, you know, they asked me, but I was unavailable.
0: I do a real quick because this is one of my favorite stories of all time. It's one of the first stories you ever told me. Can you tell the story about you and Jacob Dylan doing the wait in New York?
1: Oh Lord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well first of all, the Wallflowers they dislike John Mellencamp. Intensely, so they just they looked for any reason not to hang out backstage. So Jacob Dylan, who was the son of obviously of Bob Dylan, um, came up and was they were being totally cool, totally cool to us, and we were kind of freaked out. You know, we just kind of stayed in our van. They were all in tour buses; we were in a van, and um, so. He says – he comes up and says to me is him and a keyboard player named Rami who's actually in the Foo Fighters now. Um,
0: See, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not familiar with Nashville, what we're going to be dealing with here is a lot of name-dropping. And I mean that in the most complimentary way possible. But Nashville, you go down there and they're like, yeah, I bumped into Jack White and I bumped into Chris Stapleton and blah, blah, blah. So, Trace, you're about nine name-drops in. So I'm really excited about
1: this. It's true. It's true. But but it's a true story. So – um. My drummer and I and Will, uh, Jacob, and Rami were hanging at some bar after a show in New York. I think it was New York. Not sure. And he says, uh, Jacob turns to, uh, now, I'm about three cocktails in, you know. Three so doubles. I'm, I'm feeling pretty pretty ripe. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't know Jacob very well at this point. And he says to me, he has a very dry sense of humor. He says to me, hey, you want to get up and play some? songs and i was like sure you know i was like wow cool that's awesome he says do you know the weight now you know i'm sure your listeners know but if they don't the weight is done by the band
0: it's only one of the greatest songs of all time no big deal
1: yeah yeah who backed up bob dylan so in my mind i'm thinking did Bob Dylan write this song? Is that is that he, he probably did? Could you know, I possibly I was like, offend
0: I, anybody on this stage by messing this song
1: up? <laughs> right, I was very I, all of a sudden I got very nervous, and I was like, "Oh." Uh, uh, he said, "Let's just let's just do that. It's cool." One is a band from Chicago called Twin Peaks?
0: Oh, Twin Peaks are fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, I like I love them a lot, but I think I think I could help them. I think I could help them? Just I, that sounds so so pious. <laughs> Really think uh, just a little, just a little bit of you know five percent to to the right or left. I think I could I could help. And the other band that I really like I don't think is the Lemon Twig.
0: Dude, you're picking some really obscure shit that I love. I lo- the Lemon Twigs are fucking awesome.
1: Man, they're so they're so talented and weird. Uh, it might be hard to produce them because I don't know if they'd listen. But if they, they they're always. In interviews, they're always saying they want to hit. You know, they're like, "We just want to hit," and I'm like, "Dude, you got you got to calm down. Just just ten percent. Not not dumb it down too much. But yeah, either one of those bands, I felt like would be super fun. For someone
0: that's worked with you, right? Like the one thing that me and you have always clicked on, and the reason why I think we work so well together, is because I both think we have an ear for choruses. (laughs) Like, I think we both really like harp on the guts of a song in – like it has to be a great song before you go into the studio and then you can take it to a different level. Like, yes.
1: That's funny. I was thinking about you yesterday.
0: That doesn't because... surprise me. <laughs> 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 I,
1: I had a uh, – I have a guy who I'm working with. And I sent him a song, just the music of the song. And he said, you know, because I was giving him a chance to do the lyrics. He sent back the lyrics and I was kind of like, man, mm, you know, and, and, and he said, what do you think? I said, it's a good start. We need to just, you know, keep shaping it because it's definitely not there yet. Um, you're a really good songwriter and you, you are a, f- I remember uh, my partner at that time telling me saying colin is a sponge like anything that he learns he like he learns it and then he then he does it times 10 and i feel like that's why you have the trajectory of the band is like shot off so fast it's like you you know what i mean you guys like well, you i think
0: for things. me like for, for like what you've given me like, just for anybody who's listening who's looking for a producer, look for this, right? So, when I came to Trace, I thought I kind of knew everything in a way because I really hadn't had the experience to say, like, okay, maybe that's not it. But Trace was an, honest enough with me. You're, I'm talking like I'm in third person here. So, you were honest enough with me to say, that's good, but it could be great. Like, and how do you, how do you, like, can you tell how an artist responds? When you say something like that, when you give constructive criticism, whether they back away or whether they run towards the challenge,
1: yes, and I think the difference is uh, who's going to be successful and who's not going to be successful. That's in because, life. yeah, yeah, it's because I mean, man, I was uh, okay. Look, I'm going to bring the I'm going to bring the Bible into it for a second, if you don't That's mind. That's totally so, I was reading so I was reading proverbs today and proverbs says like a fool despises correction you know and I and I'm thinking like in a, in the world of music there are so many artists that already think they're Mick Jagger yeah you know and they haven't done anything they haven't done anything and and I'm asking them could we make that better and they and they get and they get mad and, and they're like no that's it I mean it's a hit
0: I think to me, like, that,
1: I, I know so many artists like
0: who just think right away that they're going to be the biggest artists in the world. It was a conversation we had on a past podcast where I said, you know, at 23, my first time going to Nashville, I was like, well, that's it. Sign me up on the biggest rock star in the world tomorrow. But right. it was you. like, And I don't want to gush, right? I've had, a few, I've had a few cocktails today while on quarantine. Um, it was funny. When Trace <laughs> called me on Skype to set this up. I actually rushed upstairs to do it into our spare bedroom, and I uh, missed a step and smashed my phone on the ground. So that tells you where I'm at, right? Ugh. But either way, so I'm, 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 I'm just thinking about this. I'm going to get a little gushy, but you don't even realize like, what you've done for one, me, and two the band and how much you shaped where we're going and how I think about songwriting, and it's really changed my life. So if you want to take a second and take some credit for changing my life, go ahead and do it. That was it. <laughs> All right, cool. You took a second, literally.
1: All right, back into that's, the. I mean, no, right? dude, that's amazing. But I do think you. I, I appreciate that, but uh, you listened to what I had to say. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that everything I say, you you did it. You, but you listened to it. You took it to heart because you knew, like, I had your best interest. And then you you shaped it into what you wanted it to be. I think that's the difference, right, between. Like you, you took it and made it your own.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's always been a goal
1: of ours and I mean
0: you know, I, I know from a band's perspective we've always kept very close to home and we, we value where we're from and uh but Nashville was where we really grew up. So like I, I was born in Philadelphia, I was raised in Philadelphia, but I feel like I really grew up as a human being and an artist in Nashville. So you I had mean, a lot to do with that, man. Thank you. Thank you. As we
1: as we were talking about, you know, being harsh to people earlier, like I don't know if I can tell this story or not. Uh, Do you remember, like, we were recording the record? Like, I made Erica cry. (laughs)
0: Oh, when we were doing harmonies on uh, uh, between your sheets, it was the last day of a two week recording stand. Yeah. (laughs) And you recorded the harmonies. Can we have a second just to, like, both respect and understand what strides Erica Ruiz as an artist has made and as a human being?
1: Like, Uh, it's, it's, unbelievable is. she was always a good singer it's not it's not it's not that it's just again she has worked her butt off and then the next time i saw you guys after the record which was like a year later i think you came through town and i was astounded how much she had grown uh, to me
0: I've, I've said it again and again erica is my greatest like like the thing I brought the most—that's brought the most joy out of me—in in music because to watch someone who always wanted to do it, didn't do it, and then started to do it, faced roadblocks, and then became what she is today—like it brings so much fucking joy to my heart,
1: dude. It's unbelievable. And you—I mean, you know, dude, you guys aren't—you guys aren't finished. You're still—you're still growing.
0: I Bro, think. this is you the beginning. I—I'm—I'm mean? I'm a freak. You know, I'm a freak when it comes to the work ethic. Like, this is the very fucking beginning of everything.
1: Right, totally.
0: All right, so hold on. So I'm going to step away from the producer bag for a second, right? Now we're going back into your musician days. I want to know right now, what was your, like, biggest, holy fuck, I can't believe I'm doing this moment? Um, if like you're in a room with somebody and you're like, wait, this dude is here? Like, I'm actually having a conversation or, like, a venue where you're like, whoa, I'm actually here?
1: We played New York, um, and we played – well, what's – what's the Bowery Ballroom Yes, uh, was amazing, sold out. We were playing with an 80s – sort of an 80s band called from Australia called Midnight Oil.
0: Wait, you played with Midnight Oil? Wait, you didn't even fucking bring that up. How do we sleep when our beds are burning?
1: Yeah, dude, we toured with them for, I mean, probably four months I didn't straight. know that. But we, we were playing – at the Bowery Ballroom in New York, sold out. Uh, there's two. That, one is one is that, uh, and, then, and uh, after the show, somebody comes up and says, "Little Stevens here. He wants to he wants to meet you guys." I'm gonna pass out, dude. It was amazing, and I'll send you the picture. So I have you know, we stand in there with little Steven. And uh, it was pretty It was pretty cool. And he was like going, oh, man, it's just, you know, he's like, it's so great. It's so great to see, like, young kids doing the rock
0: thing. First of all, that's a great Little Steven. For those who don't know Little Steven, is <laughs> one of the guitar players in the E Street Band, which if you don't know me, which I'm pretty sure anybody who's listening does, you know, Bruce is God. So this is a very interesting story that I didn't know happened. Hold on a second. I want to also say something. You toured with John Mellencamp. Like, that wasn't a thing where you're like, holy shit pink houses like small town jack and Diane
1: oh. oh he was amazing he was amazing every night his thing is he just doesn't he doesn't like to socialize very much uh so we were just kind of told like i watched the show every night it was amazing and i met his His then wife, who was his third wife, who was a model and super cool, hung out with us every night. He just never was. He just never would come around. You know what I mean? So from being John
0: Mellencamp for a certain amount of time, like I don't really think you need to talk to anybody. Like people are just like, all right, we'll we'll leave John Mellencamp alone.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. The other one is uh, so that night at the Bowery Ballroom. By the way, I was I was kicked out of the Bowery Ball.
0: Room I didn't know whether banned. you were going to tell this story or not. Please tell <laughs> this story. Here
1: for a year. Nah, it's not even that. It's not even that exciting. I just, I was banned from, from playing there for a year because there was some uh, there was a bottle of vodka involved, and they thought they I don't know, man. It was, but I, <laughs> the, the only thing that was bad is I didn't get to hang out with Little Steven like all night. It was just part of the night.
0: Little Steven was uh, standing like, whoa, that guy got kicked out. <laughs> This all right hold on is,
1: so, um, so i'm,
0: I'm gonna go back into some more san francisco inter- with the film over. i'm gonna i'm gonna go with some more with some more interviews where we start getting into like rock and roll shit um yeah, yeah. all right so being that you have been in the industry now since you were like basically a kid into being an adult right and we have a lot of conversations about the way the industry has changed watch how i'm about to bring this into the internet trace it's the name of the podcast all like, oh, right have you seen the industry change and do you even in the position that you are ever have a moment where you're like I don't even know what the fuck is going on anymore.
1: Yes. Every day, every, every day. Like I, it's so so funny. You talked about Nashville. There's so many, there's so many people that I know that like yesterday, like I talked to two dudes yesterday that played on top 10 records. Right. And we had this conversation all the time. Like it's so the unknown. It's like, so you had the, you had the, the labels that used to be the gatekeepers and then Spotify and everything supposedly came and blew it out of the water, but they really didn't blow it out of the water. They they did for a, a second and then they became the new gatekeepers. And then you know about that. And then you have to get on the, the playlist of this. and play Yes, I know this. this. And, and so then I'm like, so did anything really change? Uh, I mean, you, you can put your music out and you can get it you know uh distributed that's t- anybody can do that but to actually make it like that's why i'm I'm honestly like a fan of you guys because you found a way to get around it and it's i mean it's i heard um I talking to the drummer for the black keys and he said the same thing this is
0: a name, drop, the black- name drop name drop name drop
1: he said the same I mean, he said the same thing he's like no but he's a producer, and he's producing a bunch of cool stuff and he's like the main problem is once the record's done, how to get it to out into the ether, you know the atmosphere the, the ethosphere like how to how to make that band get over the, the hump i dude i I have no idea
0: I think it's to the point where it's it's basically a wild west situation where we're all kind of standing around going, I don't really know what's going on here, but I'll figure it out but I think that more now than ever. It takes a certain headstrongness and a certain uh like stick yes. to it tipness and tenacity to really get where you want to go. But I I don't think that the, the answers are like, you know, unattainable. But I think I think too, like what we're doing right now, right, this podcast, it's extra content, whatever. But I think it's yeah. also a way that more than ever, like you have to like really find out who you are and sell people on you.
1: Right. Because it's all it's all personal relationships. At the end of the day, you know that. So if you don't like somebody, you're not going to work with them. And, oh, you know,
0: I mean, I mean, what are the them. chances that you wind up working with certain people?
1: Like, I mean, what are the freaking chances that we wound up working together,
0: being like, you know, a kid from Philly and and a dude from Nashville? Like, it, it, it was all a matter of personal relationship. And I think, you know, in the internet age, especially and where we are now as a society, like, relationships still reign supreme.
1: Yes, like I, you know, I call it the the Elvis as my friend says, the Elvis experience, you know, Elvis supposedly was such a humble guy, you know, as he was coming up, you know, the food chain, even though he had crazy success, and people, he, you know, he was always very humble. And I think that kind of, that serves people well. You know, you're personal with people. You got to have good songs. You can't be personal and have trash. You know that. Oh, I know but, that. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like you, 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 do – uh yeah, you don't want to go to the radio station and play for them, but you do it. You don't want to fly out to Denver and do some uh, you know, Netflix convention, but you do it.
0: You know what? It's funny because we were talking about this story about we were on tour like two years ago, and our radio promoter said to us – he was like, hey, guys, I know you're driving in Nashville, but can you drive to Asheville, North Carolina and go to this radio station? They'll be waiting for you. And we were like – I mean, that's only like four fucking hours out of the way, but sure. And we show up to a radio station, right? And they have a sign in the front that says, welcome, Foxtrot, and they get down. And we were like, okay, this is cool. Like, I wonder what we're going to wind up doing here. And what we actually wound up doing was we went into a conference room with five of the DJs, and they said, okay, play an acoustic concert for us, and then leave. And so we never even wound up going on the air. We didn't wind up having like a like, a, like an on-air interview. We literally went to a conference room and played for the DJs. Jimmy – I'm sorry. It wasn't even Jimmy at the time. It was – no, it was Jimmy. I thought it might have been Nate. And we just – we fucking – he played the shaker and the rest of us just like played our hearts out. And these people clapped and then we left. So we drove four hours out of the way and ate sushi in North Carolina to literally do that.
1: Dude, I mean, and I think that is so important. Uh, Another band that I produced wanted me to help them get some tour dates. I threw some tour dates at them. uh, You know, like, you know, probably 25, 26 dates. And they were like, I mean, I mean, that's one of those is in Texas. I mean, you know, that's, that's like, we can't do that.
0: And I'm like, suck it up and make the trip to Texas. Come on, we've all had terrible tour. Give me, no hold on, going back to like musician tricks. What's the worst show you ever played? Do like, you ever remember, like, going somewhere and sitting there and going, like, why am I here? There's nobody here.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot. A lot. Of, I mean, a lot of those shows. Uh, what would suck is to come to your hometown, which, you know, I know you know about it, and we were, you know, we were moving to bigger venues, so we played a place that held, like, you know, 700 people which before was unthinkable and we'd sell it out and then we would you know fly to or not fly we'd drive to South Carolina and there'd be you know five people there
0: maybe dude I know that game and I'll say this much like I think it was kind of like an odd thing to open our eyes to right so I'll think about like a time we did it was even like two hours away, so it was in New York, and we played a ten thousand person thing in Philly for a radio station. We went to New York the next night, and the band that was supposed to headline from New York dropped out. So we wound up having to headline it. It was just us, and I think like two people showed up. <laughs> Could you imagine yeah. like the kick in the nuts between playing ten thousand people to playing two? Dude, I, like if if we have the time, I'll tell a,
1: I'll tell a quick story. And this this like this this happened to me so. I tell bands this all the time. I, I was playing bass with a band called Hurricane Mills Revival, and it was just sort of like a. I helped them do their EP, and they had a short little tour. It was a, it was to New York for three days, and then some other place, and then back home. Right. I had sent the demo to Maverick Records, which was Madonna's label. Madonna, you know, it was they had they had some pretty cool bands on there at
0: the time. No big deal, Madonna. Whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And um, the guy's like, yeah, I like it, I'll listen to it, whatever. Okay, so we went and played uh, Manny's Car Wash in New York. You know that place? It's like a blues bar, it used to be. We played that, and then the next night was a Monday night, right? Pouring rain. There were three people in the bar. Nice. Uh, a singer decided he was going to get drunk and just like throw the gig, not worry about it. <laughs> So after we get if we get done, which was, you know, the game was uh, not great uh, because of him, I go sit at the bar. Guess who's there? Headed A&R guy from Maverick Records.
0: Oh, my and God.
1: We, yeah, and he goes, man, I really like the tape you sent me, but I, I didn't really love what I heard tonight.
0: Oh, uh, my God. Dude, yeah. that reminds me of this time, right? So I won't name yeah. the manager, right? So Trace and me had like been like talking to this manager and we were like oh my god this is going to take us to the next level and he was like dude i'm coming into nashville can you guys fly in and get a show so we bust our ass to get a show in nashville pay for our own plane tickets we go down we show up and we don't have any of our own gear like we don't have an amp we, like we're playing with with like the house stuff and if you're a musician you know like you know you have your own gear that you like know you know your your sounds. we go play the drum kit and it sounds like I don't know, like if you're thinking of tones, this sounds like a Fisher Price kit. Like it was the worst sounding drum kit ever. I have, I have an amp that's only clean. There's no distortion on the amp, so we're basically fucked as it is. And we still played this show. We played our heart out to a venue that was full of people, but they were all sitting eating dinner. It was just the wrong environment, the wrong setup, and uh, the the the. The manager at the end of it, like he comes out and we're like everybody's outside smoking and like we're like talking and he's just, like, Yeah, that was really cool. And I think I heard from the guy one more fucking time in my entire life. Yeah. 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 I know, man. And and everybody's got those stories, you
1: know, and it's it's paying your dues, but I, you just gotta got to. you never know when that opportunity's gonna happen. Oh it's no,
0: just, you got you have to like treat every gig like it's your last because you never know who's gonna be there. That was something you taught me. It was kind of a situation where it was like, dude, I don't care what the situation is. You're going to play your balls off. And I mean, like for me, like that was never a question, but it was always like kind of like get your boys and be like, listen, you never know who's going to be here. There's yeah. seven people there and you're trying to convince them like, yeah, dude, this is like Madison Square Garden. So,
1: <laughs> Yeah. And we, man, we all, you know, we used to say, could we, would we go out? Like we want to be the best band in the world that, you know, I know it's lofty to say that, but we're like, could, could we be, could we have the best gig of any band uh, in, in the world? And some nights you go, I don't know, man. I, that was, that was pre- that was pretty tight. You know what I mean? When I saw you guys down here at the five spot. Yes. That was, uh, uh
0: that, that was last year that, that around a, this time. That was, was probably this month, gig. Like this week, last year.
1: Yes. That was a great gig. And I was like, dude, you guys have grown so much.
0: Wow. I think I think I think Will sheep a lot for that our saxophone player and I thank Jimmy a lot for that but I, I think it's just as a whole we we've, we've grown up and I you know I don't want to keep giving you credit cuz I don't want to get your head too big but I thank you a lot. For no. that.
1: <laughs> thank you Colin. Well you guys I mean you know you're you're all grown up.
0: I'm married so yeah I hope I'm grown up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh I mean yeah man it's like and I can't wait to, you know, work on the next thing. The song we did, Monster uh, Amazing, and I like it because it's a little different than the other tracks on the record.
0: Let me ask you a question. So of all the songs we've done together, because you got to think you did our entire first album, and then, you know, you've really helped me along with a lot of the songs that have come since, like our singles. Like, I still send you everything, even if we're not in the same city. Um, what's your favorite yeah. song that we've ever done together?
1: so Foxtrot song or solo column song
0: ooh let's tempt people because not everybody knows yes I have a whole solo Americana project on that Trace helped me you know tweak all these songs and then put a full band together in Nashville it's me Trace uh, our buddy Spencer who's in the band Steve um, Chris Tench he's an amazing guitar player and then fucking Brad Pemberton from Ryan Adams and the Cardinals uh, you yes. can count those songs as well man
1: um. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that with th- three songs. Uh, Roll down the road because we you and I co-wrote that one together.
0: Of course, because you need that you need that back end on these situations, dude. I know how this should go. <laughs> no, no, but
1: I just felt like that just that's kind of like that started off kind of like you were you were going upward, and then I felt like it just kind of pushed you guys a little further up the hill. Not because of the song, just you know, we just it was just I think that was the last song. On the record. That was know, the last
0: song I wrote, it. and there's a cool backstory to that. So I was in Las Vegas for my then girlfriend, now wife's birthday. This was like four years ago, something like that. And yeah. uh, Trace sends me – I get off the plane, and there's uh, a voice memo on my phone, and it's from Trace, and it's a melody, and he's just going, do, 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 and Trace's little soft Lando voice. I'm going to call you Lando on the podcast. But uh <laughs> so – and then I wound up writing this song called "Roll Down the Road," which is one of our most streamed songs. It's one of the only old songs that we play in our show. But I wrote it in the basement of the Hard Rock Hotel, which is a pretty cool fucking story. But all right, continue.
1: Um, and then the other one would be the one that we just did, "Monster," only because it's just so cool to like, you know, come in and be a part of that. You know, at the end of your new record and just with all the new player with Will I've never done anything with Will I've never done anything with Jimmy before so it was that was really cool
0: I actually then, like that that is my favorite song from the new record and we just played the whole record for the first time live in Philly and that was by far the most well received song so I actually agree that's probably my favorite song we've ever done together
1: and you know on on your solo thing man uh Ready to begin. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> man, that's probably my favorite. It's it's because um, I sang the background vocals, and in my mind, I had already written the bass part, which is a very kind of Elvis Costello-y kind of bass part. It's yeah,
0: it's kind 100%. Of and Brad, when Brad I
1: hadn't played with Brad in such a long time, He's on. he's been on the road with um, Steve Earle, and he just came in and destroyed it. And it was, I mean, man, that band was man that was a monster band it was fun and it just we, the songs just came out like that well so, good
0: for everybody to know like i think we've, especially with this like lockdown that we have going on i think we're going to put that i think we're going to put at least a single out from that so you can uh, you can expect to hear me talk about that soon
1: nice but yeah i mean you know they're, they're all they all i have fond memories of all of them but uh those three for sure
0: do you remember the 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 number one moment cuz i do of you telling me that something wasn't good Do you remember what song it was? Because we have this, like, burnt into our brain as a band.
1: No, I don't. All
0: right, so I'll tell the story. So we're in the studio, and the first song that we, like, were doing pre-production on was Roll Down the Road, right? And so we didn't have, like, everything fleshed out because it was the newest song, and we wrote it together. Now I remember. Okay, so we're going through, right? And we're playing it as a live band in the studio. And all of a sudden, we get to this, like, bridge part. And we had this, like, jazzy slowdown part. And I'm, like, sweating bullets thinking about doing this because I've never done this before with Trace or any producer. And uh, we play this part. And all of a sudden, I look over to my left, and Trace is waving his hands fervently. And I'm like, all right, everybody stop, stop, stop. And Trace goes, no, 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 that's the worst piece of shit I've ever heard. No, 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 fuck that. Did that. Yes, exact word for word, and we're all standing there sweating. and I'm looking at, at Ken, and Ken, big goofy fucked that he is, is just like looking at me like, uh oh, we messed up. And looking, now, whenever, like, we'll do something, and like, this is how far your effect has gone. We'll like go in the studio and we'll do something, and like, Erica will be sitting in the back because Erica's the foreman in any songwriting session as he sits there and, crit- and critiques. And just say something, and I'll be like, dude, why don't you just say, no, 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 that suck, that's the worst piece of shit I ever heard, fuck that. (laughs) Be a great
1: t-shirt.
0: I'm getting it made. You know what, dude? All right, so I'm going to call it after this. So, Trace, this is not the last interview. This is the first interview that you'll ever do. We're going to have you on again soon. But, uh, dude, this has been a blast. Can you believe we just killed, like, 45 minutes?
1: Dude, that was amazing. I loved it. it. Do you know something else that we have in common? What? That I didn't know, but I learned from listening to your podcast. You were a DJ on a college radio station, right? Yes, sir. Ninety-seven
0: point, Or 91.7 WCUR, The Curve, Westchester, Pennsylvania.
1: So when I was in college, I got a job at a radio station as the morning DJ. What? <laughs> yeah. 50s and 60s station. Um, it was hysterical. <laughs> hysterical. My, my name, my on-air name was Woody Dean. And, and Woody Dean
0: in the morning. Are it was you fucking so, kidding me? Your so name bad. is
1: Trace Sasser. You don't need a radio name,
0: dude.
1: You know why? Because our, our general manager called me in and he said, you can't use your real name. And he's like, what? He goes, name a, he says, what's something from the 50s you like? And I said, you know, remember Woody's, like the car?
0: See, Woody's in Philadelphia means something different. Woody's in Philadelphia <laughs> is, a, is a, a, a gay club. It's like a gay bar.
1: Well, let's not, okay, well, um, so, but anyway, so he's, <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, Woody is a car and James Dean was a movie star. Woody Dean, that's your name. I mean, but I, I, did it, I did name, it for a I'm year and a lie. half.
0: But you got a fucking radio name as it is. Dude, your name is Trace Sasser.
1: Like, that's right. a cool fucking name. Yeah, well, I, I he didn't think so. But so, but, cool
0: names, cool names, you've given cool names to your kids as well. Like. Uh, me and Dana were talking about like kid names for later on down the line, and like instantly I felt like I'll never have kids' names as cool as yours. What are your kids' names, Trace?
1: Um. <laughs>
0: <should> I, <laughs> should
1: I, say, should I say this on the air? Um, right, I'll, I'll say one.
0: Your, your oldest son's yeah. name is Jet. Like that's a pretty cool name.
1: Yeah, I thought it was cool, and we we kind of like Jack, but we we every, everyone was naming their kid Jack, and so we're like, dude, we like Jet with one T. Yeah, like and that's,
0: that's good, coming from Woody Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Trace, right. uh, I, I love you, dude. I uh, can't wait to do this again soon. Uh, if anybody wants to find Trace, find him on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and get your work done by Trace because this man is a genius. Trace, I love you. I'll talk to you soon, all right, buddy?
1: Love you too, man. Talk to you soon.